0: classic music reviews presented by iv creative now here's your hosts b cox and the crew greetings and welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the vault podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and we're riding here solo today, but shout out to the crew and shout out to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide. Make sure y'all are visiting us on the website at vaultclassicpod.com Once again, vaultclassicpod.com and of course on all the socials. Check us out on IG, on Facebook, YouTube, and especially on TikTok. Shout out to all our TikTok followers out there. Who have caught on to the show the last couple of weeks we appreciate all the love the likes the comments on all the videos and audiograms we have there on tiktok so make sure y'all continue to spread the word about the show make sure you subscribe on your podcast player of your choice so we thank all y'all for continuing to put the word out there about the vault and continuing supporting the show throughout the summer as we always say here on the vault our motto is hashtag open the vault hashtag nothing but the classics or nbtc And today we're going in a little bit of a different approach in regards to an album that we're covering today. Not really going to be a traditional review as we have with some of our other albums we reviewed here on The Vault. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about this album because of the importance that it holds in the game. In particular, the importance it holds in the underground. And when I saw that this album was coming up for its 25th anniversary I knew that I had to do something about it. I didn't know necessarily if it was going to be a review or some other format where we were going to end up commemorating the anniversary of this album. But I wanted to make sure that we touched on it. And so I'm talking about none other than this album going back 25 years ago to this week, July 22nd, 1997, for the debut studio album of none other than Company Flow recorded at Ozone and No Mystery Studios in New York with a runtime of 73 minutes and 52 seconds on Rockus Records. Yes, Rockus Records. The producers on this were the group themselves, Company Flow. Now, for those who are not familiar with Company Flow, they are the group from Brooklyn made up of LP, Big Just, and Mr. Len. LP and Big Just with the rhymes, Mr. Len, a DJ and also producer himself. They formed the group in 1992, Through the early 90s together, they were mostly just underground, independent, but mostly underground working together and got a deal with Raucous and signed a deal with them around 96, 97 and also got their contract on their own terms, meaning that they owned the masters to their recordings while they were with Raucous. They released this album on Raucous, really were part of a label that was based in the underground and based in independent thought Especially with these rap fans. As you notice, Raucus also had acts like Most Def and Talib Kwali, who together were Black Star individually also had their own albums with Raucus and Kwali with Reflection Eternal with DJ High Tech. Also on Raucus you had Feral Monch, Skills, High and Mighty, Smut Peddlers, among many others. Company Flows Fun Crusher Plus. Now, this is, <laughs> I know a lot of you out there who are listening, and I know there's a huge base of our fan base out there that has found the podcast and taken specifically to the raucous based releases, but in particular, those of you all who love Sound Bombing too. Now, <laughs> Sound Bombing 2 is actually the most popular release of our whole catalog. Um, right up there with Three Feet High and Rising with De La Soul and. Country Grammar by Nelly, surprisingly enough, are like the three top most listened to episodes in our catalog. So I know there is a portion of our fan base out there that is very familiar with Company Flow and is familiar with what Raucous did in the late 90s and early 2000s and how they had such a strong, almost cult-like fan base that supported so many of the people on the label and also so many of the compilations they did which we'll get into in just a second. But this album definitely has an important place within the underground and company flow has a important place in the heart of underground fans all over the world. And to speak about this, this is an album that, you know, was definitely rooted in the underground. Now company flow uh, released this album before they came out with their fun Quester EP, which was released in 1996 This, as the LP, was released in 1997 and did contain some of the songs that were on the Fun Crusher EP, but this was the first full-length album and also ended up being the first full-length album of Rockus as well. In the 25 years that it has come out, it really has been an album that has been studied by a lot of people and has been noted as sort of this hallmark of the underground and what the influence it had on underground artists afterwards. So getting into fun crusher plus now we take you back to 1997 and we've done quite a few albums from this year. We talked about Biggie's life after death. We've had Wu Tang Wu Tang forever We've also covered albums uh, such as Missy Super Duper Fly, Can't Blow's Uptown Saturday Night. So there were a lot of albums that came out during this period. And we also mentioned that 97 was sort of a time in transition. The death of Biggie aside, and all the things that were happening in regards to the fallout of the deaths of Tupac and Biggie, what happened in the aftermath of both of those deaths, how hip hop itself was in a transition after this great, great year of 1996. And, Sort of like you can see that there was a division in between what was more commercial, definitely more flossy, definitely a little bit more shinier, what was more trending towards being popular with mainstream audiences versus what was going to be more back towards what a lot of people called the essence of hip hop, aka more back towards the underground roots of what it first started as, as an art form. But here we are in 1997, definitely a transitional period in the genre. So you had your commercial lane. Then you had those in the industry that are trying to, quote unquote, bring it back to the essence. Then there were those that were different and experimental. Well, company flow existed outside of all of that. (laughs) They were a group who had fans that didn't have none of that stuff that I mentioned earlier before appealed to them. They didn't like commercial hip hop. These group of fans. The industry folks, they somewhat respected some of the ones that were trying to, quote unquote, keep it real. But then the ones who were different and experimental, depending on what it was or what they liked, sometimes they liked it, sometimes they didn't. But for this group of fans that Company Flow appealed to, I mean, were the ones that had their mind, heart, souls, and their ears pinned to the underground. Those are the ones that love the freestyle sessions in the parks, that love B-Boy culture, that loved the way that hip-hop was introduced to the world from its very beginnings in 1973 in the Bronx through the 70s into the 80s, then getting into its heyday into the late 80s, into the early 90s, and those who especially loved the beginning of groups and venues like the Lyricist Lounge and the beginning and the true intention of what that was, especially when it came to underground hip-hop and independent artists. Now, with Company Flow, when they released this album, it's pretty much in the midst of all of this. We're talking about all these releases that we've talked about in the last few months in regards to what came out in 1997 and the environment of the industry at that particular time. They got this deal with Raucous. This was the first major release on Raucous, and they came out of the door definitely outside of the box. So to speak a little bit about company flow in the production and also the content on the album itself. Now, everyone remembers that very, very famous album cover, the one with the aliens on it. That's sort of like something out of sort of a sci fi movie. The cover definitely tripped you out when you saw the cover and then listened to the music, depending on what school of thought you came from or what kind of music you liked, it kind of fit (laughs) because it definitely was not something that was in the box and almost like out of this world. And from space now the production production on this was held entirely by company flow. And there were some contributions, which big just and also Mr. Land did gave to this Mr. Land, particularly with scratching on the album and big just did produce a song on this with Loon TNS. But the majority of the album is really produced by LP. He definitely took the lion's share of work on this album producing And it was a sound that he crafted that he wanted to make sure it didn't fit inside of any boxes. I mean, you could listen to the samples and hear the samples weren't just samples that came from usual music, hip hop staples, like producers would sample from jazz and soul and blues, but they were also coming from like genres like rock and from electronic music, other world music. They were coming from like these obscure movies and TV shows where they would take these samples and craft these beats. They were from things outside of the popular consciousness and the drums, drums, very snappy, very hard hitting at times, but they didn't fit in like traditional rhythms, you know, like you would get it. And, you know, you get like the normal boom, boom, pop, like boom, boom, pop, like that type of pattern. Sometimes you would get that in songs on fun crusher plus, but sometimes the patterns didn't fit inside of what traditional hip hop did. It was almost like the same thing as well with the lyrics. To speak on that for a quick second, lyrically, the content on this album without a shadow of a doubt is absolutely insane. Like the words and the phrases sometimes are very complex. It's almost like I want to say somewhere between some sort of method of like advanced English and storytelling. To be quite honest, at times you're listening to it and you got to sit and actually listen to what is actually being said and sort of deconstruct the lines to sort of get sometimes what the message is in some of these songs. As a matter of fact, Steve Huey from AllMusic, he did give the album a perfect five star rating, but he did say this about the album and I actually agree with him. He said that Fun Crusher Plus demands intense concentration. But it also rewards it and its advancement of hip-hop as an art form is still being felt. It's difficult, challenging music to be sure, and it's equally far ahead of its time. I agree with that 100%. This album, lyrically and production-wise, is probably a very, very difficult listen for the -the run-of-the-mill hip-hop listener. And it takes a certain type of ear to be able to listen to this to, I guess, enjoy it, but then also deconstruct it to really get all of the meanings and everything behind the lyrics and also the production and the themes that are actually on hand. It really is at times when you're listening to it lyrically, like you're sitting in a science class (laughs) or you're sitting in a philosophy class and you're sometimes when you're listening, you don't know what the fuck it is you're listening to, to be quite honest. But knowing where this came from in the underground and knowing that the type of environment this was created in And the type of artists we're talking about, Big Just LP, like these lyrics fit right into right where their audience was, who they were targeting. This was targeted towards an underground crowd. Underground crowds were used to hearing lyrics like this, flows like this, very unconventional at times. The words and phrases are as complex as any lyrical masterpiece out there. Really, the themes in here are the story within this album. The fact that they covered in this album things like Child Abuse. The very first track on Fun Crusher Plus is a song about child abuse and almost pedophilia. And so, like, that is something that really wasn't a topic that even in mainstream hip-hop was something that they talked about readily. Because we didn't touch on topics like that within hip-hop. But to talk about that, also talk about themes such as Urban Decay and also the decay as far as the state of the music industry and how far hip hop had come from its origins to where it was or where it was going at that particular time. And we talked so many times about there are rappers who spoke about the soul of not just hip hop as a music and art form, but also as a culture, as it was tending to sort of go down this river to where the river was leading over to a waterfall, which would fall right off the cliff. And there were so many people that preached against that. Company flow were sort of the ones who were saying, like, fuck the mainstream. We're definitely for the underground because the underground is where hip hop lives. But there's also things such as family traumas. And to hear a song in particular, we'll get into my highlights in just a second. But to hear a song like Last Good Sleep by LP, which is a solo track here by LP where he talks about a lot of the things that happened in his family life um, growing up. It really is like jarring to hear for, you know, to hear a hip hop artist sort of be vulnerable like that on a release. And this is before we got into where it's sort of, that was okay. to sort of bear your soul about your, your background and your history on an actual track, like where it, it's now it's no big deal back then. I mean, those are things you really didn't hear from rappers. They sort of kept those things underneath under wraps, and you would get bits and pieces of those maybe come out over the period of a career. But it does make for very compelling storytelling. I mean, a lot of these lyrics here, once you sit down, as you say, you concentrate and listen to what's being said on so many of these songs, is very compelling storytelling. And the rhymes, however, though, they sort of mirror the beats, they're very unconventional. The rhymes are unorthodox in delivery at times. I mean, Big Juss has a style that will be on beat at times, but then afterwards, it'll sort of go off beat and then come back on beat. And the same thing with LP as well. So if you're looking for like, I guess like head nod hip hop, it's not necessarily like rhythmic head nod hip hop. Like, you know, like you're going to get that. No, it's not like that. You're not going to get any of that at all. It is sometimes, is what I like to call a verbal mountain. <laughs> it, is, it is very verbose. Like there are so many words in so many of these bars that sometimes it isn't on beat. But it's like that mountain is like you're climbing up it, and you, and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And the further up you go, the more difficult it becomes. The thinner that the air becomes, the further up the mountain that you go. And it seems like that's the way that the flow is sometimes. And it's not a bad thing per se. If you don't like that type of music and you want your flows to sound a certain type of way, then you may not like this. But then again, you were probably not the intended audience for that with that in mind. It may not be appealing to the run of the mill fan, but those in the underground seem not to mind. As a matter of fact, they seem to love it. When it comes to production and lyrics, this is something that definitely was not conventional. And I think the fact that it was unconventional is the reason why so many fans in the underground and independent rap bands loved it so much. And the reason why they cling to it because it was like, we're not going to fit inside any box. We're not going to be put in any box. We're not these type of rappers. This is not for the radio. This is not for mainstream consumption. This is us. And that was it. And you have guest features on here by the likes of J Treads, You also have Breeze Bruin from the Juggernauts and also this uncredited vocals on here from an early appearance by R.A. The Rugged Man on Population Control, which is one of the songs on here that actually is a highlight. And one of the songs that definitely when we talk about people, they talk about company flow. There's a few songs that people talk about that are their best songs. That's one of the ones that's constantly listed out there. But I'm just going to get very shortly into my highlights for Fun Crusher Plus. Um, I definitely love these tracks in particular. Um, Eight Steps to Perfection is just outside of Bad Touch Examples. The second track on there. Love J-Treads on there with Collude and Intrude. Silence is another one that I like as well. But the ones, of course, that are the most popular ones and some one of the better ones on here as well, I think are Population Control and Vital Nerve. I mean, those are the two that for Company Flow fans, When we talk about the songs that you like, hey, you're putting together a playlist to let fans know what Company Flow does, Population Control and Vital Nerve are definitely going to be on there. But then I also like tracks like Definitive. Um, Definitive is great. I liked Tragedy of War. It's Tragedy of War in three parts. The beat switches up a few times on that song. There are solo tracks on here, like Big Just gets his solo spin on here with Crazy Kings. That actually is one of my favorite songs on the album. It probably is my second favorite song after Definitive. And then Last Good Sleep. I mean, I've told you all about that right there. It's like a very, very compelling song by LP. And the lyrics there just sort of tells you in regards to the type of things that he went through. And it sort of speaks to like this reality, you know, that artists go through, that it isn't all picnics, especially for those during this period of hip hop that, Someone mentioned to me at one point in time that the best rappers don't come from good homes, and it sort of speaks to that reality, especially during that time period, that a lot of hip-hop, especially a lot of underground indie hip-hop and rugged hip-hop, dealt with very difficult circumstances where the home life was not great where things in the neighborhood are not necessarily great and it's crime and drugs and, you know, gangs and different things like that going on. And there may be things going on within the family unit that aren't necessarily ideal. And that sort of just speaks to that, listening to a song like Last Good Sleep with LP and hearing like these sort of traumas that people have had to deal with. And again, at this time, not very conventional to be able to hear rappers speak about those type of things on a record. But those are like really my highlights. I mean, all other songs on here, you know, there is a one from Stretch and Bobbito. Obviously, Company Flow were very popular on Stretch and Bobbito's show. They have a song on here with the freestyle 89.9 detrimental. There are great interludes and skits on here. Um, Like I told you, the production on this is gritty, is crunchy, but it's not conventional. It comes from sources that you wouldn't think would be readily made sources for hip hop to be sampled from. But then that was also part of the thing with company flow. They were not going to go into a box and sort of make cookie cutter things. If anything, this was literally trying to take a square peg and fit it into a round hole. But then if it wouldn't fit, what it was was taking that square peg and hammering the fuck out of it on the top (laughs) to make sure that it got in, even if it didn't get in all the way, that's really what I describe Company Flow's music as. And for their fans and for the underground, it worked. And this was something that a lot of people and a lot of artists hung to for years and really kind of served as a blueprint for the rest of the late 90s and to the 2000s. This became like an album that it was a lunchpin. It really was a lunchpin of the underground. Company Flow didn't stay together forever. They sort of by the early 2000s broke up kind of got back together again in the mid-2000s and then wanted to like, I guess, tour. And they did a few tours and they're actually still on good terms with each other but are not together as a group. They had their final show at Coachella in 2012. As of right now, LP is a part of Run the Jewels with Killer Mike. They've had four very, very successful albums and they have been critically acclaimed and commercially acclaimed as well. So that's worked out for him. He's also very still active in, of course, the hip hop community. And him and Killer Mike have done lots of lots of shows. As a matter of fact, they were doing a tour, I believe, with Rage Against the Machine. They were coming here in the DC area and the show got postponed at least twice due to COVID. And they finally made it back up here. From people who went there, they said that the show was absolutely amazing. Uh, when it comes to Big Just, uh, Big Just is, you know, still doing hip hop as a part of NMS with or Orko Elohim. And they've put out a couple of projects and then Mr. Len has not been as active. He's put out a couple of different albums and featured on some albums, but he's done also some voice work as well on a few animated series. They're not together as a group, but their impact definitely is solid without a shadow of a doubt. This fun crusher plus is something that has been recognized by so many different publications, everything from the source to hip hop DX to hip hop game, albumism of course did something about it a few years ago when it turned 20 i believe also in hip hop golden age they also named it one of the best albums i believe in hip hop history and if i'm not mistaken it could have been their top 10 i'm not exactly sure but to me this is definitely an indie and underground classic uh, without a shadow of a doubt it's something that the indian underground heads love those who were fans of raucous records We're definitely fans of this, and this is a staple in their catalogs. And the thing about it, what a lot of people don't understand is that this isn't on streaming services anywhere. (laughs) I tried and looked everywhere for copies of Company Flow's Fun Crusher Plus on all the streaming services out there. They are not there. They are, if you search the internet, though, on a couple of places and sites where you normally can find copies of albums that aren't on streaming services I won't name them exactly here what they are, but you all know exactly what I'm talking about. So if you wanna get a copy of this, you're not gonna be able to stream it. You're probably gonna to have to find it on that place that I said you can find it, or you're gonna to have to buy the copies. And for those who are collectors reading on the internet and looking around, this is definitely a collector's item because there are people who are looking at this basically as this being an underground classic and they wanna make sure they have this for their collection. So Company Flows Fun Crusher Plus, make sure you all go check it out. See if you can get a physical copy of it on hand and definitely check it out and let us know what you think about it. Hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on IG, hit us up on TikTok. Also comment on our YouTube page or hit us up on the website. Let us know what you think about Company Flow and Fun Crusher Plus now 25 years old. And that is gonna wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on the Red Circle. You can also visit us at our website at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go check out the website. Check out all of our episodes, our back catalog. You can leave us a message with the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner, shaded in blue. In the bottom left-hand corner, shaded in yellow, the coffee cup brings you to our Buy Me a Coffee page. You can go there, click on that coffee cup. It'll bring you to our page. There, you can leave a small donation to let us know that you appreciate us and to help us keep the vault open for years to come. You can also visit us on social media at vault classic pod on Instagram at vault classic on Twitter and on Facebook and YouTube, the vault classic music reviews podcast, and also TikTok at vault classic pod, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us on all of our social media channels, interact with us there. We do it all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend, Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.